Welcome to AUSU Open Mic, the podcast brought to you by the Athabasca University Students Union, which represents undergraduate students at Athabasca University. Simon Brascoupe presented to Athabasca University students during AUSU's Indigenous Student Week about Indigenous businesses and economic development in Indigenous communities, as well as he highlighted some of the courses at Athabasca University that focus on Indigenous business. Simon is a professor here at Athabasca University in the Faculty of Business and gave a fantastic presentation that we recorded and wanted to share with all of you. Enjoy. So today, I am pleased to announce that we're hosting Simon Bracoupe, Assistant Professor of Indigenous Business at Athabasca University. Okay, quick way. Uh, so I'm located on Algonquin Anishinaabe territory. It's unceded. Uh, our territory is from, uh, you, you won't know where this is, Mattawa to Montreal and uh, the river uh, the Ottawa River and all the tributaries that go into the river. And um, uh, we have uh, a, a strong connection, not just to the land, but to uh, beavers. Uh, there's a, a beaver about 10 minutes walk from uh, where I'm sitting right now. I'm pleased uh, to be part of the uh, business school. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk a little bit about um, Athabasca's business program. So we, ha we have a Bachelor of Commerce, uh, a major in Indigenous Business. I have a CAPA, which is a Certified Aboriginal Professional Administrator, and that is with uh, AFOA Canada. So I'm really proud to have that certification. I'm also a Certified uh, First Nations Health Manager. I had worked in, uh, in health uh, a few years ago uh, for about 10 years. So the... Uh, the Bachelor of Commerce in Indigenous Business is uh, uh, is new and unique. And I think the uniqueness about it is that there's a lot of Indigenous culture, knowledge, uh, and uh, theory or teachings that are embedded in the uh, in the courses. So why why become a why take a uh, a major in Indigenous businesses? This was taken from um, uh, a, a study done by S Statistics Canada. Indigenous businesses are more likely to be held by uh, Indigenous entrepreneurs than non-Indigenous-owned uh, businesses. The number of Indigenous-owned businesses is trending upwards, 3.5% uh, average. And I've seen data that said that uh, uh, indigenous people are starting uh, businesses uh, at five times the rate of Canadians. And Alberta has the highest number of Indigenous-owned businesses, uh, roughly 24%. And the number of women-owned Indigenous businesses is growing faster than uh, men-owned Indigenous businesses. And I did a study in 1990, and I was asking them, you know, why start a business and in the uh, non-Indigenous world, usually it was, you know, to make a profit, expand their business. But most of the uh, Indigenous entrepreneurs were saying starting a business uh, for uh, family members. So often it was their their children or uh, community members, which is a really good reason to start a business. So this is an article from the CBC. They're saying that uh, there are uh, roughly 60,000 uh, indigenous businesses uh, across Canada. They contribute uh, almost $50 billion to the economy. Th that's just unbelievable. Uh, you know, like five years 
ago we were talking about something like 27 billion and then and uh hopefully it would uh increase but uh close to 15 billion is a significant number and uh the other thing I wanted to talk about is the uh, uh, the courses, Athabasca University courses, the uh, number of community economic development corporations. So these are community-owned development corporations. There are 294 of them across Canada. The Aboriginal Business Council in Canada says that uh, they did a study that performing well, the majority of these EDCs include community benefits when evaluating their success, so they they're setting up these uh, we'll call them nonprofits, but they they are profitable. They're looking at community benefits. Eighty percent of the EDCs say developing Aboriginal employees is a major priority. So you can see where community is critical to the purpose of these businesses. So this just shows you the growth of uh, these self-employed entrepreneurs, small business owners across Canada. And so you have uh, to the far left, 1996, 20,000 of these businesses. 2016, when the study was done, there are a little over 40,000 Indigenous entrepreneurs and almost 14,000 small businesses. So I just wanted to, I was in Vancouver recently and I saw SQ uh, Air and it's a, a Métis woman who started the airline in two, 2018, offering uh, charter and uh, cargo, uh, cargo services. They, um, we've got this wonderful course uh, called uh, Introduction to Indigenous Human Resources. And uh, it's an interesting course because when we think about uh, HR, uh, we're, you know, we're thinking about uh, you know, the, the HR department, but th this course uh, combines uh, Indigenous knowledge and even storytelling uh, as part of the course to provide the kind of develop your skills and knowledge around working uh, cross-culturally. And it develops interpersonal skills, almost like a course you would take in uh, uh, emotional intelligence. So it's a really interesting uh, uh, course. You know, so I think if you were a uh, international student, this is probably something you might want to take. Uh, uh, so communications is uh, uh, sort of critical to the course. The other thing that uh, um, is uh, is decision making. So we, it look it examines indigenous and non-indigenous values. So you might find values like uh, humility, uh, respect. You know, as part of uh, of uh, uh, the the critical skills and knowledge that you need need to know when working with Indigenous people. And so more and more, uh, whether you're working in an Indigenous or non-Indigenous environment, uh, many of your clients or your employees are going to be Indigenous people. So I think that this course is really critical uh, to developing that uh, expertise and knowledge. One of the things that I found interesting in the course is that uh, they talk about uh, multiple intelligence and um you know things like are, are you good at math can you read and uh as part of it is having uh they, they call it net nature intelligence and um uh it it, it was a psychologist in uh, eastern U 
U.S. that uh, developed these these ideas to expand on intelligence. And indigenous people uh, as, as a whole have this sort of nature-based uh, intelligence. So I think it's a it's a really interesting um, uh, course to take. During COVID, uh, I ran into this business. My, uh, my daughter uh, works at the National Arts Center. And during the and during COVID, she started uh, o- online markets for Indigenous women around Christmas. And one of the uh, uh, starting businesses was uh, uh, this uh, woman, Harper, who started the Cheekbone um beauty and it was it was geared toward uh the indigenous uh market and she started off in her home and now she's like i wouldn't say she's a million well she probably is a millionaire but anyway so she uh started this business online and it's went uh through the roof and so the course uh indigenous marketing and data collection and analysis uh sounds kind of dry but it's not uh it's um uh, it, it's interesting because all of us, uh, all of you, if you're working, uh, you, you don't have to work in a business. So these courses are geared toward business, but also to community community development. And so uh, collecting data, secondary data from uh, uh, government, uh, like St- Statistics Canada is important. Um, and then also doing, uh, collecting primary data, data which is like, questionnaires, uh, using um, social media to collect your information to uh, either start a business. It could be a community uh, uh, service. Uh, it could be a, a program. So this kind of gives people a uh, an, I- an idea on how to uh, uh, do the research, but also write proposals for funding or proposals for uh, new programs. So it, it's, uh, it's, it, Maybe we'll change the name to exciting ideas for your community, you know, to get things going in your community. And um, so the uh, students are encouraged to uh, develop applications for their own communities uh, that using qualitative and quantitative, uh, using numbers and questionnaires. Uh, but I wanted to show you, uh, so the uh, there, there are case studies uh, so we talk about uh, using observation. So if you're going to start a, uh, say, a corner store, uh, you might go to other corner stores and, and just stand around uh, and observe how people behave in a, in a store. Or you you can go to the coffee shop and say, I'm I'm thinking of starting a um, uh, a corner store. What do you think? Of, what do you think of that? And so we use holistic thinking, such as uh, spiritual emotional, mental, and physical aspects of it. And then uh, designing culturally appropriate questionnaires and survey methods. Then we talk about secondary data. And what I I want to do is kind of jump to this. So, but anyways, a couple of students um, uh, that took this course uh, did a survey on uh, daycare. Uh, Two did, actually. I did a survey years ago in my community for a daycare, but the these students were were parents and thinking, I need a daycare that isn't nine to five. I need a daycare that starts at seven, maybe works to you know closes at seven. And so th- this is a uh, photo of a of a daycare. But so I think the course 
can be used creatively uh, and be realistic in the, a real community-based business, uh, nonprofit, social services, in many different ways. So it's a course that uh, I think that can benefit uh, any and all students. So we have this other course called Indigenous Community Planning and Economic Development. And it talks about having an economic development strategy. And I like to use that, that uh, old quote of, uh, uh, if, you, if you don't know where you're going, you'll end up someplace else. So you really do need a plan. And I think communities do, and particularly in the area of economic development. First Nations, Inuit, and Métis communities are getting away from this burden of dependency. And I think particularly uh, having own source revenue, uh, money coming in from uh, First Nations owned businesses, uh, you're pretty close to Osoyos, uh, uh, and um, they uh, they have a number of businesses going. Uh, and uh, White Bear in Saskatchewan is another excellent example. This whole thing is looking at uh, participatory processes in the community. And I think whether it's a business or a social enterprise or you're starting up a program, you really do need community engagement. Uh, you need to listen to the community. You need to go out to the community, identify their their needs and their priorities. And that's the way you, uh, you develop a long-term relationship with the community in programs and services that are uh, long-lasting. So the, part of this course uh, is interesting. And so, so the uh, Economic Development One uh, we we talk we introduce uh, you to the Harvard project. So the Harvard uh, project has been maybe 30, 40 uh, years uh, 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 long, and they identified uh, four critical elements to getting community development or community economic development going, and one was governance. And so th they found that communities that were either self-determining or uh, that they were still under the uh, Indian Act, but behaved like they were independent. Uh, this was a critical idea. You needed leadership that uh, looked down the road at the, at the long term, understood the community, and provided that leadership for the, for the growth and the risks that they had to take. And institutions. So... Is your community uh, in control over education? Is it co uh, controlling um, their health programs, their social programs? Are they well run? And these are critical. There, there, were there was a study done in BC on youth suicide rate, and they found that uh, First Nations communities that had control over their institutions, in fact, I think uh, about five or six of them, and they had self-government and cultural institutions had no suicides. In fact, half the, half the First, First Nations had no suicides. But as you started taking away what they call protective factors or cultural continuity of these seven factors, the suicide rate started increasing. So uh, governance and control of your own institutions is critical. Uh, I'll talk a little bit more about cultural culture uh, a little bit later, uh, it talks about uh, community capacity 
And I think one of the secrets uh, that people are starting to realize is that uh, Indigenous communities know what their problems are and know how to solve them. I, you know, I think the the kind of the programs and services that are kind of imposed on communities are are the thing that stifles that creativity that's needed in the community. So the communities that are able to implement their own ideas, uh, have uh, uh, community members engaged, are really ex- successful. There was a, a community on Manitoulin Island that uh, had a really high rate of uh, deaths in their uh, youth, passing away from uh, uh, drugs and alcohol. And so they decided that they were going to uh, hire uh, what they called uh, their community members that kind of live that street life, that live that life. And um, the, the, within a year, the, the uh, suicide rate or, and the death rate went went to zero. It, it, so it just reinforces the idea that communities have the knowledge, the skills uh, to solve their own problems. Uh, the course also calls covers uh, green enterprises and uh, indigenous knowledge and development. So there's communities, uh, enterprises all across Canada today that are incorporating indigenous knowledge in businesses and scientific research that are successful and really changing uh, the community. So over the past few decades, uh, we'll dig a little bit deeper into the Harvard project. The uh, Economic Development Two is kind of structured around a textbook that uh, uh, was published by the Harvard Project, includes uh, case studies from uh, all over North America. So the second part of the course explores the cornerstones of development uh, that help translate the strategic approach into concrete planning. So things like uh, comprehensive community planning, which is a holistic approach. It, in, it includes um, not only culture, but the environment, the land, economy, education. So all of those things that make up a community are incorporated in these community comprehensive plans. Uh, community engagement is critical. So you have an opportunity in this course to dig a little bit deeper into that. Indigenous Community Economic Development Corporations, which we talked about, grounding planning and culture take uh, looking at financial literacy so i think uh financial literacy is only becoming part of the curriculum in in provinces i know ontario has it i'm sure uh alberta has it but in the past it was a it was a uh, topic that wasn't really covered the uh, maori in uh, new zealand uh started uh teaching it in their schools. And then they also had a, a, a program where when a child was born, they they opened a bank account in that child's name. And if the parent put money into their bank account, they would match that money. And what they found was over a uh, little over a decade that the uh, financial literacy rate, so they measure the rate of financial literacy in New Zealand and um, they found that the this Maori community ha- had a financial literacy rate equal to New Zealanders. So there's l- lots of really um, interesting examples of 
why financial literacy is important. And the course uh, addresses uh, that topic. The other uh, things that it explores is um, seven generations planning. And uh, in Canada, uh, we have a Canadian planning, asso uh, planning association that incorporates indigenous knowledge and uh, in, in as part of their strategy and the same in Ontario, they have the same thing. But indigenous people have this idea called making decisions or planning for seven generations to come. So when you're thinking about seven generations to come, you know, you know, we're talking about, you know, basically maybe 150 years. Uh, if you, if you calculate a generation at uh, 20 years uh, and, um, and so our ancestors thought about the se seven generations to come when making a decision. So, th so things like uh, environmental aspects, uh, you, you want to have uh, an environment uh, that is as good as or better than the present environment. And part of that teaching is that elders tell us that we're only as healthy as the environment. And I just, this past spring, I uh, attended a, a, a workshop on environmental health research uh, that were saying things like, you know, the air quality affects people with, with asthma. So anyway, so seven generations planning is, is part of this uh, this course, and uh, other indigenous teachings are are also part of it, like uh, ideas like all our relations. So it's all our relations. It really is we're connected as human beings. We're connected to everything. We're connected to each other. We're connected to the environment. Uh, we're connected to the work that we do. We're connected to the universe. And it's an it's an important idea because uh, without that idea, we we uh, tend to feel alone, and uh, so it's good for our mental health. And these ideas incorporate it how we do community planning uh, and development. So these things are interrelated and connected. So there's uh, White Bear First Nations. It's a Nakota Cree uh, Dakota Sioux community in Saskatchewan. Some of you may be aware of it, but uh, I think they had started a um, uh, a casino there, but they got a uh, hotel. Uh, they've got a uh, golf course. But uh, uh, about in the early 90s, 90% uh, of their uh, youth were uh, dropping out of uh, before high school, before graduating high school. And then within 10 years, 90% were graduating from high school uh, because of the, the turnaround in their community. And the community itself, uh, the, I met the chief, uh, he was talking at a, a Harvard program uh, that, that I was at, and he was saying that uh, everybody has a job if they want a job. And they have so many jobs that they're hiring people outside the community. So all the uh, Saskatchewan folks that live around uh, White Bear also are employed in that community. The uh, economic development too, a little bit more on that. So the uh, key uh, concepts, approaches, and tools are, are explored through readings, case studies, and applied sciences sci uh, assignments. So the idea is that you have to be able to apply it to your own situation. 
I, th- you know, I think that when, you know, when we're learning, we learn better when it becomes personal or we, we, we can see it in our own community. Uh, so the, the, these are critical ideas that uh, make this course interesting. So the, the lessons include why a strategic pro- approach? So Harvard found that uh, the strategic approach works in uh, non-Indigenous communities, like the, like the large communities that uh, are in uh, Alberta, all have a strategic plan for community development, economic development. The other thing that is talked about in this course is cultural match. There was a um, Navajo academic that had done research on cultural match. So are the types of businesses and uh, community development projects that you're undertaking relevant culturally to the community? So sometimes you'll get a community that's uh, engaged in um, tourism, or my my community is about an hour and a half north of Ottawa, and there's a lot of indigenous communities that, like the Cree, go through the community. So there's a lot of services that are uh, geared to to local, uh, but also to uh, regional indigenous communities. And the cultural match is that uh, everybody knows each other. When I, when I go to get gas, I run into friends, uh, Cree friends that are. I haven't seen maybe in a year or two. And so uh, culture is a critical thing that we cannot ignore, not just in uh, uh, economic development or community development, but but in all the work we do, like in in education, for example. Uh, Governance and leadership is another uh, important aspect that's discussed uh, here. Institution building, uh, having really well-run schools, really really well-run health uh, services is critical to that uh, nation building. Community planning, community engagements, which we talked about earlier, and community economic development corporations are gone into a little bit more in depth in, uh, in this course. It also talks about classical and natural infrastructure. So uh, when we talk about classical, we're talking about buildings, when we talk about natural infrastructure, we're talking about basically the land, the forests, the water, and and keeping that for future generations, and also uh, having green businesses that have become part of that infrastructure. So we talk about economic development, uh, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship. Uh, developing partners and networks is a critical aspect of it, and then. Again, planning this for the seven generations. So the uh, there's different assignments. I'll just cover them quickly. Is taking uh, a strategic approach through cultural match, uh, nation building, community engagement pr- proposal. So a, a lot of First Nations communities, uh, Métis communities, and Inuit communities really have a challenge of engaging the community. Uh, I, I did a study... Uh, in the uh, early 2000s, and um, I was told that nobody will will come to your uh, your your presentation. So I did a uh, a bingo on Friday nights. There's a bingo in my community, and so I, I sponsored the bingo, and I, I would ask questions in between the bingo uh, games uh, about the proposal. If people, had, anyways, it was a way to get the message out. 
So I think, you know, we're, we have to find creative ways to uh, engage the community. Sometimes it's uh, through food or uh, powwows. You reach out at a powwow. So the other uh, assignment is economic development pros, approach based on culture, tradition, and First Nations territory. And then finally is uh, economic development and seven generations planning. So I think when you do these assignments, you're, you're actually engaging your mind, you're thinking, and you're thinking about uh, the future into a, a real assignment that uh, will be applied in your community. And so Pipot First Nation, they're community development initiatives. So they're covering lands and resources, health, educa education, infrastructure development, justice, culture, social economy, and governance. So uh, all over Canada, uh, Indigenous communities are engaging in these broad um, kind of comprehensive, but also long-term kind of thinking. is So long-term could be 10 years, sometimes or five years, sometimes or 20 years. Thank you. 